Welcome to Educators with Oil Podcast, where we discuss education with God, teaching with love, and inspiring with faith. Take your oil with you. Let God guide your steps in the classroom. Co-hosts Ronette Branham and Shanae Moore. Welcome to Educators with Oil podcast. Hello, we are Educators with Oil. I'm Ronette and this is my co-host Shanae. And we are here to discuss biblical strategies in order for you to be effective teachers. And our topic for today is going to be discipline in the classroom. I forgot to say, how are you, Shanae? How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm great. So did you want to get started? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I want to start with the fact that this will be discipline. I'll be speaking about discipline for the teacher as well as discipline for the students Um, because I'm a firm believer that whatever you want your students to do in the classroom that you should model it for them you should be showing it at all times we can't say oh I need you to be patient and then (laughs) telling our students to be patient and then we're Mm -hmm. not being patient so I want to start with Proverbs 10 17 I'm going to read it Proverbs 10 I always I always say 10 17 <laughs> how am I supposed to say it Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17 is that right Miss Randall <laughs> yes well you can say 10 17 sometimes it depends on what chapter you're talking about that mm-hmm. to me you have to make sure like if it's something you say we say 42 right Yes. You can't say 42. You have to say 40 verse. That's the only reason I asked you that before. But yes, you could say 7, 10, 17. 10, 17. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17 reads in the NIV version. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life. But whoever ignores correction leads others astray. So that discipline, that of scripture... Um, goes along with first I want to pull apart the part where it says heeds discipline heeds just means follow who has discipline who follows discipline and being disciplined in their life or we're talking about educators so being disciplined educators you need to be that way so that you can model for your students how to be disciplined instead of just telling them do this do that don't do this and don't do that you should be modeling at all times So I want to start off there with teachers should be modeling how to be disciplined at all times, how to model how for students to have self-discipline. You agree? Yes. And I heard you say who who do not heed, they leave people astray. Yes. Yes. And that's so true. Like, how can I teach you how to be disciplined and I'm, Every day, just say, for example, I need to take attendance by nine o'clock. And then here it is, nine, 10. And then here, you can see I'm trying to get attendance. They might hear somebody calling down, Miss Branham, with your attendance or whatever the case may be. 
and the students understand if it's time for their homework, it might not come in because you're not even teaching them the right way. So that is a perfect scripture. Yes. yes. It definitely leads astray when it comes to the classroom too. The reason why you want to model discipline and make sure all of your students are practicing how to be disciplined because it will lead astray the other students. Where if they see one student, I like to say in my classroom, monkey see, monkey do, not calling the students monkeys, but when one student is not disciplined and gets up out of their seat, doesn't raise their hand, does whatever they want, the rest of the students follow astray too. They think that that is okay. So in the classroom, you're modeling discipline, starting there, and then ensuring and making sure that the students are being disciplined. And you want to explain why. In my classroom, I constantly explain to the students why, why, why. Why do you need to raise your hand? Why do you need to um, not walk up to me in the classroom whenever you want to? I always explain to them the why. If you do this, then other students are going to think that it's okay to walk up to me. And then I'm going to have 10, 15 students at my desk asking me questions. It's going to be very difficult for me to answer everybody's question and hear everybody. So when you raise your hand and you follow the rules and you do different things like that, then it helps to keep structure in the classroom and I can make sure everybody is being heard. So I state it that way to the students so they understand that it's so that I can make you feel special. When you raise your hand and yes. you're not calling out, I get to actually hear you and the other students in the classroom, we get to hear what you're saying. But if 15, 20 students are shouting at the same time, we don't get to hear you. Your words are not as powerful. Right. And then maybe a few students will have the same question. So just say it's a question or whatever the, you're trying to teach the students, they might have the same issue. And if you see how it should be handled just by one student, then you'll get the, every, all the students will fall in line because they'll all understand, oh, that's what I need to do when I need to go to my backpack and get something out. All I need to do is whatever signal you have and they can follow along, then it won't be, uh, the classroom won't be in disarray. Yeah. It won't be all over the place, yes. Yeah. And so that's why in the beginning of the school year, this all fun, falls under classroom management. And we do that in the beginning of the school, the school year, setting the rules in the classroom, just so our classroom can be managed properly. But we start that in the beginning of the school year with the class rules. And when you're teaching them, um, when you're implementing class rules, that's constantly teaching them about being disciplined all school year and reminding them of the class rules. And I like to get the students involved when we're creating the class rules so that they get the buy-in into what we're supposed to be doing into the, in the classroom every single day. But just using those class rules as the beginning steps of how students could be disciplined because you know, you're gonna have other things that are not on the list. Like some students have a hard time sitting still. You don't wanna put that in your classroom rules. Everybody has to sit still. Every right, in their right. Seat, face this way, like that's not a class rule, but that might be something that you have to teach the students of how to have self control and how to have discipline. And let's sit like this in our seat. You might not be able to sit all the time, but still practicing and giving them practice with those different disciplines so that they right. can be uh, productive adults one day. I think I'll probably find a job where they can move around. I'm pretty sure they can find a job where they can move around if they have a lot of energy, but just constantly being intentional with our learning so that they can be productive adults. 
Right. And, and, and also, I, I heard you say um, you teach that at the beginning of the year. So what I was looking up and I was learning and, and I've learned over the years that the rules are a preventive measure to avoid all kind of distractions or students not understanding. So if you present rules and the students help you with the rules and you present um, your what you expect, your expectations to the students, that's preventive because you don't want to wait till something happens and then all of a sudden, here you go, you're being, um, you're disciplining a student, um, you're trying to correct them and they didn't know the correct procedure. You're like correcting the student. Oh, we don't just get up out of our class, out of our seat and go out of the classroom. You need to make it known that what your expectations are for your students. And then your students, they will understand, okay, why do I have to be quiet when my teacher's talking? Maybe because I want to hear and I want to be able to understand what she's talking about. Other students want to be able to hear. We can't talk while the teacher's talking, while the teacher's giving instructions. But in the beginning, you make that known. Have preventive rules, preventive discipline strategies. And I think that I got that too from what you said, but I don't know any teacher who doesn't need to understand that we have to have preventive strategies at the beginning. Yeah. You just can't all of a sudden try to correct a student who's, they may never have been in school or in our kind of uh, classroom setting. Yes, so. I agree with that. And you need to bring up everything too when we're talking about preventive measures because one of my pet peeves, I hate when educators assume that students know how to do something. Oh, they must know how to tie their shoe. Oh, they know how to sit still. Oh, they know how to, I hate that. You have to constantly assume that all students do not know. They don't know how to sit properly. They don't know. For some of our students, they were at home learning remotely. So they're going from kindergarten to second grade. Kindergarten where it's a little bit more free. We have more centers and things like that. And then no school. (laughs) <laughs> well, yes our year and then they come into the classroom so we can't assume anything so going over those expectations and constantly modeling for them and teaching them about how to be disciplined not assuming that oh they should already know right you you brought up a great a great um example i have an, an example for what you just said i had a student you know my students work kindergarten the last time they were in a classroom and then 2020 happened in the middle of their kindergarten last year and so they didn't go to school first grade at all if they went in may and then they came to second grade but in kindergarten they didn't have desks they only had tables so i'm telling the students to take your books put them in your desk students didn't put their books in their desk some did some didn't put just your books in your desk one student said miss branham I don't have a desk. I don't know what a desk is. Yeah. Oh, I had to go back. These are your desks. This is my desk. It's different, but your desk is where you're going to put your things. It just was, you just assume. Yeah. You just assume. We can't assume. Some kids come from another place where they don't even have inside classrooms. We don't know. So yes, you're right. We have to act like today's their first day of school, we wish it wasn't. We wish we didn't have to. We wish they knew everything, everything. <laughs> coming already in our grade level where they should if they went to a school in our city or district. But some don't, yeah. especially this 
uh, last year. Yeah. So. And so I have two. I have a scripture, two scriptures that I want to throw in there, and then and then it'll it'll take us to other points that we had. Okay. Is that is that okay? Yeah, that sounds good. I have Hebrews twelve and eleven. I think let's start with Proverbs twenty two verse six. Uh, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you just said something about training uh, the students to be disciplined adults. Mm -hmm. If you just say they went from kindergarten, first grade, second grade, all the way up to high school and through high school with teachers who had a good handle on how to discipline students, how to manage classroom, yeah. then imagine what kind of citizens we will have. Yeah, we will have outliers every now and then, but if you train them, train them up, they'll remember. That'll be in their head. Well, these are there's certain rules in school that we need to follow. When I get into the adult world, there's going to be rules. It may not be the same, but I understand how rules work, yeah. how how discipline works. Yes. So, yeah. That. Go ahead. Yeah, that's true. Um, as far as like like some some teachers might see okay well I keep telling them the same thing over and over again and telling them to do this and this and that and trying to teach them discipline but they're not getting it you never know when it's going to click in and that's why I always do the why behind it the reason why or that's why in the classroom we're always connecting it to the real world because it's not about just for the classroom I explain to my students it's right. not just for the classroom these little small rules that we have in the classroom they turn into bigger things when you're an adult so I don't want you to hit my students in the classroom but in the real world you can't hit anybody either I like to explain to them right. a, little, a little time out in the classroom but in the real world that's assault you can't hit <laughs> somebody you can't just put your hands on anybody so I constantly make those connections with the students so that they see like uh it's not just me trying to tell you what to do. So what to do. I agree. I agree. Make the connection always so that we can be productive adults. Right. Because like you said, you can hit people. And then just say you have guidelines for how we walk in the hallway. We Are we running? No, we could knock somebody over. There's yeah. smaller students in the classroom. It could be somebody who's not looking or you're not looking. Yeah. And I tell my students always, don't start moving your feet until you turn around facing the way you're going. Yeah. How many times do I have to say that? But somebody's going to bump into somebody, turn into somebody, uh, just because they're turning around. They're already walking. They turn around. There's somebody there. Same thing. Adult world. You're yeah. speeding. Can yeah. you speed? No, you can run somebody over. You don't know if somebody's trying to cross the street, but you're flying up the street. Then what happens? You run somebody over or you you hit you crash into somebody or you have that corrective police officer saying well we're gonna give you a ticket because you didn't seem to understand the rules yeah. same thing so we think it's little but it's teaching self-discipline that starts with us we say we're educators and we're not just trying to teach you math yeah. we're trying to teach you're trying to teach your students how to follow directions, how to come up with your answer, why? Because uh, there's a reason why you follow this math strategy, why you follow this reading strategy. There's a reason you're trying to get a certain result. Yeah. So uh, I, that was a great point that you made. I think you had another one. Hebrews. Another scripture. Yeah. Hebrews 12 and 11. Now, no chastity. 
no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterward, it yields peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Same thing. I love that scripture because just say we have our preventive measures, then we have to support the, the students by modeling, support the positive behavior that's in the classroom. But just say they decide to do something wrong, we correct them. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. I know I don't feel good if somebody tells me something I did wrong, but then when I think about it, oh, that helped me. That helped me. So we want our students to be able to make their own decisions and have peace at the end. I, I know we talked about uh, being, we talked about um, reaching their full potential. They can reach their full potential once they follow along with the rules, then they'll know what they're capable of working on, what they're capable of doing, what they're capable of producing. Yeah. Uh, I have students who, you know, second grade, some can read, some can't, some are struggling, but we have ways to get them to read a little bit better. And then they will learn, oh, now I'm following direction. Listen to what my teacher's telling me. This is how I'm going to learn how to read. This is I'm working with my sounds, working my letters, doing whatever I need to do then it's going to be so great when I'm reading a story to somebody. That's amazing. The students, when they're, like we talked about our vision, the students, when they're going from level to level, they're happy. Yeah. So the rules work. Discipline works. And we can see it in the end as a goal. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Yes. And you want to focus on the discipline. And because it falls under classroom management, you want to focus on this mess discipline so that you can have better classroom management and if the classroom management is on point then we have more time for learning and teaching and striving in other areas we're not focused on stop hitting stop doing that stop doing that like you constantly are reminding the students about how to be disciplined and why like when you say the why is it's forming an intrinsic re reward within themselves so they want to do good because they know that when they get up there and they have to give a speech or something like that, they know that everybody is going to be quiet for them and they're going to get that spotlight, that full spotlight. So just when they see those different things in the classroom, it's going to, it's going to improve the other areas. Right, right. When you said that spotlight, too, that reminds me of they want to get their point across mm -hmm. because you get your point across, you're trying to teach somebody something or tell somebody something. If everybody's talking, they don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. They don't know what you're talking about. So you that's a modeling right there. Let them, I do that too. I let the students model the behavior that we are expecting. Can yeah. you show me how this behavior works? What would I do if I'm talking and if the teacher's talking and you want to say something to the teacher or you want to say something to the class? How does that work? How, what does that look like? And the students practicing, they're happy to practice and pretend, and they're happy to pretend they're interrupting somebody. Yeah. I, they, I, they love that. They love that. And is this the correct way we interrupt somebody? Do we interrupt people? Do we raise our hand? And they like practicing the wrong way. That's what I do. I say, show me the wrong way, and then show me the right way. And then they get a kick out of it, and then they learn. Yeah. And they tell you why. Like you said, they get it. Even in second grade, seven-year-olds. Yeah, they don't. And one more thing, one more thing okay. that I had, and it's, this is something that's important to me, and it's important, it should be to every teacher, 
especially if you're coming from a biblical standpoint, to make that connection. We want to make that connection with our students. Then they want to do better for you. If they feel like they're relating to you and you understand them, then uh, they want to do better for you. And then they come back with stories. Miss Branham, Miss Miss Moore, look what I did. I worked on this. I did exactly what you said to do. And look at my results. And I have students who do that. And then you have to be consistent. Always be consistent. You can't. Um, I don't want to say can't. You should speak with compassion. You should yeah. speak. Come, it should come from love. Why are you disciplining the students? And um, then uh, and once it's consistent and, and you're showing compassion, you'll get the results. I never see me in my classroom never uh, connect with the, not connect with the student or connect with a student and not get results from that student. Mm -hmm. I never seen it. I'm not saying that they're going to be a genius because they connected with you, but they're going to want to do better and they're going to try their best. So that's something I can't tell you that. I can tell you from experience that that is something that will work yeah. and then being consistent. Yeah, definitely have to be consistent. That's a big deal. In my classroom, um, I am always consistent when it comes to classroom management. There's no students in my classroom that can say that I am unfair, that I treat this person one way. And no, I don't care if you get all A's in my classroom. If you hit another student in my classroom, you're going to get the same consequence. Like I'm just right. consistent all the way through. It does has nothing to do with academics. I'm trying to teach you all of the students in the classroom how to be disciplined. We're on the same level because sometimes even the students who get A's and B's, they need more support, especially with that social part of how to right how to mingle and be friendly with other students because they're so book smart. They don't know how to have a conversation and things like that. I have to constantly teach them even those small things. So they're not perfect in any way just because they get all A's. All oh, right. need to be taught how to be disciplined on different levels. It's tier two, what grade they're in and how old they are at that time. But yeah, definitely consistency. <laughs> definitely gotta be consistent. Do you have any other pointers of how teachers can go about making their students disciplined in the classroom? Um, more like, well, not more pointers, just like you said, to let them understand their ultimate goal. Let them understand what is the reason behind, um, what is the why behind this uh, behavior? Uh, what happens when you behave in this way and what happens in the other way? We're gonna support uh, we're going to have positive behavior support. And we're going to correct correct the negative, period. And you have to be consistent, and it works. It works from preschool up to college. Mm -hmm. Come in late. I was in college. I had his teacher. You can. He gave a quiz every day at nine o'clock or eight o'clock, whatever time. Every single time you come in, eight o five, you got a zero on that quiz, period. Wow. Everybody learn how to come get up early in the morning because this class was an early morning class. You just can't. Oh, it's early. I'm going in late. He's like, no, he's. I'm here to teach you, and this is what you're gonna do. Yeah. Quiz probably wasn't a big deal, but it was a big deal if you keep getting zeros. Yeah. So, <laughs> you no matter what in your life, you learn. You learn. I learned I'm not speeding down the highway. I'm not running running red lights. I can't afford those tickets. Who wants to pay a ticket? Even yeah. if you can't afford it, you don't want to pay yeah. a seventy dollar <laughs> ticket when you could 
do something else with it. So yeah. yes, it, it will follow us. I agree. I agree. Um, I just want to just add a few more. Um, first, we already said great modeling as a teacher, model whatever you want your student, students to do. And like Ms. Branham said, how you can get the students involved with the modeling as well. What's the right way to do it or what's the incorrect way to do it. Setting rules in the beginning of school year, which I think all teachers already do, but making sure it's rules that students can actually follow. That is not based on your feelings, your opinions, things like that, like your emotions in any type of way. Make sure it's based on things that are actual, that are realistic for students. Like if you're telling right. like a rule that all students need to sit still, that's not really realistic for a child. No. Still children. Yeah. Like these should be rules that are realistic and connected to um, intentional learning of how this is gonna help them to be a productive adult. Um, being consistent, um, being fair, being stern and firm with the with the rules and what you want to see in the classroom. So it's not like if you see somebody hitting one student and you're like, oh, okay, well you hit them back. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're not doing any of that. Staying firm to why you should not hit and why if they hit you, you should be finding a different way to solve that problem, whether it's going to the teacher or expressing yourself, so telling them that it's not okay to hit you things like that, not telling them like, oh, they hit you, you should hit them back. You're not doing that. <laughs> that's what parents say. I have talked to plenty of parents. I said, well, that's not how it works in school. No. no. Everybody's no. in trouble. Exactly. Yes. exactly. <laughs> um, and also I wanna just add in there about the last point of making sure we are always focus on the actions of the students and what they're doing, not necessarily how we feel about it, not disciplining them, not punishing them, always giving them consequences and discipline so that they can learn from it and grow from it. Not based on, well, this makes me upset or this frustrates me or this, this is a trigger for me. No, it has to be based on what you want them to learn because so many times I have to take a step back in the classroom and I'm like, um that well let's go back to the beginning of when I used to teach and I used to want that classroom where everybody's sitting down and quiet nobody's talking nobody's on I used to be like a drill sergeant in the classroom but just realizing that that doesn't work now when you come in the classroom you'll see a group that's talking a group that's quiet a group, group that's up doing something different so I had to take my triggers out of it my emotions out of it I don't like a lot of noise that bothers me like yeah. that like making sure it's always connected to is this like something a skill they need for the real world when they're adult right and and that is going to that is going to know you're going to say what we're talking about next time but yeah. some you just led into it <laughs> students learn different ways and you may need to sit still for this little section of the class. When I'm giving instruction, you need to listen. Yeah. Or you're not going to know what to do. But yeah. if you're breaking off into groups, you can't sit still. How am I going to communicate? How am I going to get what I need, my supplies, whatever? So, yes, that is perfect. That's a perfect segue to our next um, topic. To our next episode. And do you have anything else to say, Ms. Branham? If so, we'll end it right there. So we've reached the end of another episode of Educators with Oil. 
We want you to connect with us via email at educatorswithoil@gmail.com. You can also comment below and we will get back to you down below. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to continue to view more content from us. And we want you to tune in next time where we will discuss how to recognize different learning styles. And we we'll want all of you guys to stay blessed. And we are out. Take care. Bye.